When is the right time to go talk to my coach about my playing time and how do I get back into that starting lineup? That's today's topic with Mental Edge Training Coach. Let's go. Hey, what's up and welcome back to the Mental Edge Training Coach podcast. I'm your host, Chad Hermanson. A question I get often really from athletes as I'm working with them one-on-one is I am struggling to become a starter. I am struggling to get into the lineup. How do I go approach my coach about getting into the lineup? So this is something that happens with a lot of players that just obviously aren't starting and they're worried about many different factors, right? And I'm going to focus more on, let's say the 13 and above the high school age type player that is playing at the high school level and is struggling to get into that starting lineup. The other factors that might occur here are parents are worried. There's that conversation going on between the athlete and the parents, right? About, hey, mom or dad, I'm not getting into the lineup. What do I do? A parent might just say, hey, just go talk to the coach. Just see what can he offer. And I think that's very sound advice. What I'm going to ask you to do here is if you're in this position, I'm not starting, I'm trying to figure things out, how do I get into this starting lineup? What is the first step? The first step here is I want you to give yourself your own scouting assessment. I want you to be a scout. I want you to give yourself a scouting report. So as a former scout, let's talk about there are five factors There's many more factors, but just from a tools perspective, we're talking about we have hitting, we have power, we have fielding, throwing, and then running. So let's do that again. We have hitting, you have hitting for power, you have fielding, you have running, and you have throwing. So those are the five main tools that a scout, when I was scout for the Angels, that's what I would go do and really focus on those five tools for, say, a position player in this case, okay? Now, pitching is a whole different matter, right, where you're a starter or reliever, but we're going to kind of focus here mainly on a position player who's struggling to find that starting position. So here's what you do. So gather information on yourself, on those five tools, okay? And the hard part about this is a lot of us as coaches, we're like, I don't want you to get into comparison mode. Now, the reality is in this situation, we do need to get a little bit in comparison mode because these aren't just the only factors that a a coach who is writing that lineup is going to decide on. It's not just the five tools. But if if you just grade yourself here, okay? Now, the grading scale, right? Let's just keep it really simple. The real grading scale in professional scouting is 20 to 80. 20 is poor. And then it starts to go up the scale. 50 is average, 60 is above average, 70 is well above average, and 80 is, right, it's the best. It's outstanding. It's the best. So 20 to 80 scale. The hardest part about scouting was diving into and understanding what is a 50? What is that average player? So I'm not asking you to do that necessarily, but I'm going, you're going based off of what you believe kind of about yourself. And then I want you to assess that player that you're competing with. Let's say if if you're a second baseman, okay, and you give, I want you to give yourself, let's talk about the hitting portion of it, okay? First of all, what kind of hitter are you? Are you a singles hitter? 
Are you a contact type hitter that can move the ball all around? Maybe you play some small ball. You might be a singles hitter that can move the ball around. You make a lot of contact. Okay, maybe you're really fast. You might typically hit maybe in the one or the nine spot in a lineup, depending on what kind of hitter you really are. So you might be a singles hitter, contact hitter. You might be a doubles hitter, a, a guy that can drive the ball from gap to gap, maybe occasionally hits a home run, might have that kind of power. Are you that kind of player? And then the next type of hitter would be a power hitter, one that has huge raw power. I'm going to go to my, one of my years I coached in high school here in Las Vegas was Joey Gallo's senior year. I, I did one year of coaching at Gorman, and, and Joey was, as you can guess, a power hitter. Okay, so had some swing and miss to him, but he's the kind of guy that's going to hit 10-plus home runs, or in his case, I believe he hit 20 or more home runs in high school. So that's huge, big power, right? So you want to assess, okay, what kind of hitter am I? Let's put that on a scale of two to eight, okay? Five is an average hitter. And I'm not, again, I'm not asking you to go to a professional ranking scale, but are you a poor hitter that really struggles to make contact, doesn't really hit for a high average? I hate average in a way, but average is part of the game, right? It's a number that we focus on. Are you a below 300 hitter at the high school area arena, if you will? Are you more like a, a 150 to 200 hitter? Someone that really struggles to put the ball in play. Okay, so you might be a poor hitter in that case. Are you someone that hits 300 or above and can really move the ball around the field, can drive the ball in the gaps, is productive? Maybe that's more of an, that's an average hitter. Are you an above average hitter that, say, hits over 400? You have some power to you, right? You're going to hit it maybe five to eight home runs, something like that. You're going to be an above average hitter. So give yourself a number. Give yourself a very truthful number, okay? And then compare that self. Again, I hate comparison, but we're going to do it for this sake. Is your competition, the, the guy that's playing in front of you, how would you grade his hitting? What does he do? What kind of hitter is he? Does he spread the ball all over the field? Does he drive the ball? Or is there a lot of swing and miss? We get really descriptive. And I want you to write this down. Grab a notepad and write it down. Give yourself a grade. Give your competition a grade. Now, as you go through that, right, now you go to the power. What kind of power? So you have hitting, you have power. So you do those first two. Now let's go on to the fielding portion since we're talking just in this example about a second baseman, right? Fielding as a second baseman, you're going to have a lot of different aspects to it, right? How do you field the regular ground ball? What kind of athleticism is there? Can you turn the double play? Do you have arm strength? Arm strength is obviously a part of fielding. What do you look like on the field? Are you a leader on the field? What kind of instincts do you have? Okay, those are some different intangibles that a high school coach would be looking for. It's not just hitting. It's not just power. You're playing in the middle infield. You have to have some athleticism. You have to have the feet, the athleticism to move around, to do a double play to do a play on the run, a lot of different aspects of being a middle infielder in this example. Okay, so that, that would be the fielding portion. Give yourself a grade on that two to eight scale. Where do you stand? Do the same thing for your competition. Okay, now you might be at this point, I'm a better fielder than him, okay? 
Now, remember, this is your opinion. At this point in the stage of hitting and fielding, and then the throwing portion, okay, you might believe you're a better hitter, fielder, thrower than your competition. But those three areas might be something where your coach does not believe that. There might be something where your coach feels that your competition is a little bit better. So the truthfulness of what you're trying to do here, is it really true? And again, it's the subjective, right? Coach has his opinion, you have your opinion. But we want to dive into that. And then we also talk about, we talked about fielding, right? Can you feel the regular routine play? The bottom line, does your coach trust you to be able to make the play, not only in a regular situation, but in a, a tight situation, a pressure field type situation? Okay. And what kind of experience do you have? Right. Maybe you're brand new to the infield. I know growing up as a little leaguer, I played a lot of infield. I didn't move to the outfield till I was roughly 13 and then played the outfield for a few years there and then moved back to the infield in high school later on. So I did a little bit of back and forth. From my experience, I think outfield was more natural for me, was maybe a little easier in regards to the skill set. But at the same time, I was able to accomplish some things there. But going from the infield to the outfield is easier, in my opinion, than going from the outfield back to the infield. It's just a whole different skill set. I mean, if you experience that, you probably know what I'm talking about. Okay? So we have that portion of it. And then, then we come like the running part. Running is a big part of can you steal bases? Are you a good base runner? Do you have good instincts on the base pass? What does that look like? A coach would compare that and he would judge that as the whole package. So again, that's part of the running. Now, the running portion as a scout, we're just like, how fast are you? And we can measure that through a 60-yard dash, a 40-yard dash. What does he look like? What do you, you know, from home to third, all that stuff. That's, that's measurable, right, in a running portion of it. But to me, base running, the real portion of the game, what type of instincts do you have? Are you anticipating? balls in the dirt? Are you anticipating getting that extra base? Do you need the third base coach when you get a gapper, the hitter hits a gapper and you're at first base, do you need the third base coach to tell you to come to third? Or do you have the instincts to just go and to trust your internal instincts and how to gain? Or do you have to be constantly told what to do? So those things should be instinctual. And I think a lot of players these days are in a way lacking that because they're not watching the game. So little plug for watching MLB baseball in general, but watch the game and watch how these guys run bases. So they're anticipating balls in the dirt. So there's a speed, there's a quick twitch factor to all that too. And the quick twitch part of it is the athleticism again to that. So that's this the running portion, the base running and the instinct. So that can, can obviously be a part of your baseball IQ. Does your baseball coach trust you with your baseball IQ to be in the right positions, to back up, to be a leader on the team? These are tools that are outside that initial five tool component. Where do you fit in there? There's a lot of things to grade here. We talked about hitting. We talked about power. We talked about fielding. There's running. Now, throwing, right? The throwing is the other part of it. That kind of goes into the fielding portion. Are you the type of player that can, you're only really 
have the arm strength for second base and you're limited there, where a coach says, I can't put you at short or I can't put you at third. So your arm strength might limit you in some capacity there where that other player has more arm strength. So continue to go through that two through eight scale. So that is your personal, I guess you could say it's a biased opinion of yourself in comparison with your teammate that you're in competition with for that particular position. Now, once you've gone through that and you've given yourself an honest opinion, is your opponent better than you? Are there literally skills that he has that you don't have? And that's a tough pill to swallow, right? You're like, yeah, he's, he definitely is a better hitter. He has more power. He is faster. He, he is quicker. He's better than me in all these things. You're going to go through that. And if that's true, you're going to find that doesn't make you feel very good, does it? You could get stuck in that emotion and that feeling. And that feeling could take you somewhere that you don't want to go. So I want you to be aware of what's happening here in this assessment. If your mindset goes in that direction, you can start to feel sorry for yourself. Okay. I'm going to ask you to not do that, but I'm always going to ask you like, yeah, you might feel that way. So feel it too. You can feel it and allow it. You don't like that feeling. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to change? What can you start to do to put you in the competition, more of a competition, get to the point where you might be able to beat out this opponent, your teammate. Okay. Again, we're dialing all this in into when do I go talk to my coach about playing time? Because you're struggling with your playing time. When do I go talk to him? Okay. But we're first, we're doing our own personal assessment here on where do I really fit in? If I went to talk to my coach, is he going to tell me the exact same thing that I already know? Yes, my opponent is better than me in all these aspects of the game. If you already know that, do we really need to go talk to the coach about playing time? Or do we need to internally think about some things on how can we get better? Do you really need to go to a coach that writes that lineup every day and ask him, hey, coach, what parts of my game do I need to get better at? And here's why I bring up that question. Don't you already know that? If you're not quick as a second baseman and you're a step behind, from that competition, wouldn't you ask yourself, what do I need to do to get quicker? Now, you might literally not know what to do, like how would I do that, but could you go ask a coach that is not your baseball coach? Could you go ask a professional trainer? Could you could go even ask your parent. They could probably give you an answer. Could you go to YouTube? and find ways to how do I get quicker as an infielder? Well, you can, like the information's out there. The question is, can you do that research? Do you care enough really about it? Do you really want it that bad? And are you willing to go do the work that's required to initially win that position? Are you really willing to do that? If the same thing applies if, if your competition is stronger than you. If everything lined up perfectly and you're like, I'm just, I do everything pretty close to my competition, but he's just a lot stronger than me. Okay. Are you 
getting after it in the weight room. You're like, man, you find out like that dude's working out like four or five days a week. I'm only working out once. And that's only when we're as a team together and it's required. And I'm not really working that hard. Who is that on? That's not on your coach, right? It's on you. So the point here is, are your actions lining up with what you really want? You want that starting second base position so bad. You're telling yourself that. But what you're doing, is that enough to really warrant earning that position? It's a tough pill to swallow. I was literally talking to an athlete the other day about he's, he's behind in the aspect of weight training. He's in high school. He's got started a little bit late, so he feels like he's behind. I'm like, okay, we can't do anything about the past. Let's focus on today. Let's focus on this week. What can you start to implement into your routine or lack of routine to start getting you stronger? Besides just, I know a lot of high schools have, I, I had weight training as one of my classes. That was my favorite class. I couldn't wait to go to weights. <laughs> in high school, it was the best. I took that serious because I had that goal. I had a mission and I knew I had to be strong to accomplish that and to want to play college baseball or to want to play pro baseball. I knew I had to do that by the age of, and that was 14. I was 14 as a freshman. It's time to get after it. And it was the first time I learned, oh, the circuit training, weight training part of it, like lifting quickly. But this was a long time ago. I think lifts are even different now with the way they train. But point being, right, are you getting after it in that portion? Do you need to get stronger to show up? Do you need to get quicker? Do you need to get more mobile, flexible, all those things? So once you start really diving into that, these personal assessments of yourself, you're going to start to realize, man, I, I really, I know the things I need to do but I'm just not doing it. I'm not staying true to my word. I'm saying I got to do it, but man, I got every excuse in the book to not go do it. Or I'm stuck in my feelings or I'm stuck in my emotions because a coach did something or said something to me. I, I literally went and talked to my coach. He said, the other player is better than you. And so you get all lost in the feeling and emotion of it. And you, you use that as more like non-action. So that you're stuck in that feeling and emotion. You're like, well, I guess I won't try very hard anymore. I, I talk to athletes every week about this situation. And once they admit it, that light bulb comes on. They're like, oh, yeah, I could see that. That's how I acted in that situation. So we've gone through that scenario. You've done a personal assessment. You've done a scouting report on yourself. You've given yourself some grades. You've done that comparison. Maybe it doesn't feel so good, but I think it might help in this situation. Are you being truthful with yourself? Are you doing all the work in the weight room? And then if you're doing all those things, you're like, check, yes, Coach Chad, I'm doing all those things. And you literally feel like I am just as good, if not better than this player. Why is he starting over? me? Is it just because maybe you're a sophomore and that player is a junior or senior, right? There's a lot of different scenarios here. I know some coaches are very upper class driven. We're like, I'm going to give every junior or senior the opportunity to start over a younger player because they're older. Each coach has their different coaching philosophy. So if I had 10 players, you would all probably come to me with a different scenario here. 
But let's say if it's the same age, whatever, you're both sophomores and you're playing up on varsity or something, and you find out, yes, that player is literally better, or you feel like you're literally better, at what point here do I now go talk to my coach and, and ask him, how do I get into the starting lineup? What parts of my game do I need to improve on? So what can you do? Let's dial this down a little bit because there's an approach you want to take, as I'm going to suggest here. And I think I'm going back to my high school brain at 16 years old. And, and I'm going to bear in mind, the only time I've ever asked a coach because I played in every game for the most part was when I was my last year playing. I, I had already gone through my big league experience. I was 30 years old and I was in a situation where I didn't like it. I was the older outfielder on the team. There were younger outfielders who I was outperforming from a hitting standpoint, but they were, there was the politics of your parent listening to this of the 40-man rosters and all these things. And the, these players had to play over me, the free agent. And I didn't like it. And so I went to my coach and I was nervous. Again, I'm like a grown man, 30 years old. I've already played. This is my 13th year in professional baseball. My first experience going to a coach, asking him, what do I need to do to get back into this lineup? And now this is a whole different scenario. I totally get from an amateur side to a pro side, but the answer was basically, I have to play these guys because they're on the 40-man roster. I know you're out playing them. I know you're out hitting them, but I have to take orders and put these guys in the lineup. So that's the politics of being a player in the professional level. So there's only so much you can do. I couldn't control that. I had to accept that. It sucked, believe me. Okay. And in fact, it sucks so bad that I didn't like it. I, I knew I was, my timetable is running out in professional baseball. It was the only time I asked to be traded because I didn't see any, this wasn't going anywhere um, with this team. And I did not like going to the ballpark knowing I was not playing. That was a very hard pill to swallow. Okay. So, but back to you, what do you do? What questions can you ask your coach? And how do I approach this? Okay, so let's start from that. So number one, you're going to be nervous. You're probably going to be scared, right? If, if, I were to ask, if I were to ask my 17, 18-year-old brain to go talk to my high school coach about playing time, number one, that would have never happened. So your coach might have a policy where don't come talk to me about playing time. Your parents are not allowed to come talk to me about playing time. So don't even think about asking. So you might be in that, that boat. I've found that the more successful teams have a policy like that. Like you can't ask about playing time. You have to show coach and he's going to write that lineup and it is what it is. But if the door is open, if a coach is like, hey, my door is open, come talk to me about anything. So you want to kind of plan. You want to almost practice, maybe come up with the questions you want to ask. You want to make sure that you are in control of yourself, meaning you, you might get emotional about this. You might have the feelings inside of you start to come out, maybe even the passion, which is totally fine, but also you want to be in control, right? So maybe you have to practice some breathing, practice slowing down, literally write out. Maybe you have five questions you want to ask your coach, like literally write those questions out and practice them. 
Practice them in the mirror. Practice saying them to your mom or dad. Dial that in and what question, what questions do I ask? So you don't want to ever make it really about like the question, why am I not starting and come with this aggressive, because it, it's like a, hey coach, you're wrong. Why am I not starting? No coach is going to appreciate that. And the coach is going to get really defensive and probably pissed off. So he's going to get into his feelings and emotions and he might come back at you very aggressively and you're like oh i i didn't really expect that or want that but now we're all pissed off and mad and maybe he tells you to go run laps or something i don't know it's a scenario but be, make sure you're in control of your emotions okay practice the questions you want to ask you want to ask okay make it all about you what do i need to improve to to get myself in the lineup what aspects of the game Okay, and again, you likely already know these answers. You really do. You, you, if you're like really give yourself a positive assessment in general, every tool that I mentioned there, we can always improve. We're never hit the peak essentially because we can always get a little bit better. And so you know that, but it is nice to hear from a coach because that coach might get very specific with you. He might be able to literally give you specific drills to do at home specific things to really focus on to get you back on track. And just by coming up to a coach and having the courage to go ask a coach, hey, this is what I'm doing, that he's going to probably respect you for that. Because it gives him the idea like, oh, he's not happy being a backup. He actually really cares. And he really wants to know, how do I get into this lineup? Because I, I have goals. I want to go play in college. I want to go play beyond high school. Obviously, I can't do that at the rate I'm going with not playing. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be scared. Those are just your thoughts creating those feelings about what's happening for you. But what I want you to also be aware of here is be prepared for an answer you might not like. If you want that true assessment from your coach, you have to have some thick skin and be prepared. He might tell you things like, hey, you need to get better here and here. And the other part here that you really want to check before you go in, I just thought of this and I didn't include it before. Are you lazy? Everything being equal, are you lazy in practice? Meaning, what's your work ethic? Do you really put in the, the effort? Are you like looking around? If you're like doing drills, are you looking around to see, hey, is coach looking at me? I can take this rep off here or I don't have to do it to my full extent and ability here. You're looking around. I saw that so much. I saw that in pro ball. I'm like, man, why are you not focused on what you're doing? And you're so worried if your coach is looking at you when you should be focused on, let's just get better. Let's focus on right now, getting better. So we, we do, right? We get stuck in that little feeling and emotion of, is the coach looking at me? And so be aware of that. Back to, if I put lazy back a few paces back, that's part of your assessment. Are you lazy? Are you, do you have the energy? Are you putting the effort into practices? So include that. Am I lazy? Am I putting in the effort required to win this second base job? 
expect a coach's feedback here to be honest, to be truthful, and can you handle it? Can you handle that feedback? Because it's going to make you uncomfortable. And by now, you likely know we, that's where our growth is. We grow in being uncomfortable. So this could be actually a huge thing for you that you really are feeding on that. I need this information to get me better. And one suggestion for you, and I'll wrap this up here with you guys. If you go give yourself a scattering port, if you go give yourself this assessment, I want you to give yourself two weeks, two weeks of showing up with different energy, with a different focus, really turning into the player you think you can become and showing up with that energy of I'm stepping into this guy, into this player now. Okay. I'm, I don't need to go ask my coach, Hey, what do I need to do coach? When you really internally know, I know what I need to do. I know the type of player that I am. I, although I need to start showing up like this player, that means your energy. That means your focus. That means your body language. That's been some of the biggest breakthroughs I've had with athletes is when they're talking to me, I could tell through their tone, through their voice, through their energy. They're like, yeah, I'm going through the motions. It's January right now. I'm in Vegas and it's cold, right? It's that cold desert. I had a player like, yeah, I'm just going through the motions. It's January. And he recognized, yeah, this isn't who I want to be. This isn't how I want to show up. I want to show up like the dude, what would that look like? So if you're not quite there, give yourself two weeks to show up as this new player before you go talk to your coach. And maybe you really internalize, what do I really need to improve on? What do I really need to do here before I go talk to my coach and get the answers I'm probably already know and expecting? Okay, so I hope this helps. I would love to hear some feedback from you. Message me here through, whether it's through the podcast, whether it's through the YouTube channel. If you want to email me, my email, email is chad at mentalledge.coach. If you're a parent listening to this and you feel like your athlete needs a lot of help in the mental game, come visit me at, at chadhermansoncoaching.com where I'm coaching athletes in my eight-week mental edge coaching program. And we dive into this. We dive into all the personal stuff that your athlete might be going through. And I connect with you as a parent. I connect with your player. And you're there with me the whole year. And we're going to get after it. Thank you so much for listening to this.